Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. James, it's been a while since we've recorded. How are yeah. you? Doing okay. Got a, got a roly-poly baby boom on my hand, so my, my tail <laughs> scorpion is very happy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sentence that I don't think that I ever would have expected to hear, but thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. Uh, tell everybody about the because some people don't know what roly-polies are. Uh, that's weird to think about. Yeah, roly-polies are crustaceans. Uh, they're really, the better term is isopods, uh, which confuses people even more. And Cadabra just loves roly-polies. She pets them and lets them walk all over her. And so now that I got a bunch of new babies, she's just hanging out with all the new babies. It's weird. Yeah. Is Slater the isopod still alive? He is. He's actually in right in the middle of the babies right now. I have no idea why. They're not the same species as him. He's the only one of his kind, but he likes the babies too. So, yeah. Uh, He's just uh, a peaceful little terrarium in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys, <laughs> listeners, welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast, where we talk about things that are strange and fun, and in today's case, very spooky. I am Cece. I'm Alex, and that's our dog, Louise. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds on the back. I'm James. And yeah, that's us. We're the 13th Floor Gang. Ugh. It's been a while since we've recorded. <laughs> What's that sound that you just made? I don't know. I don't know. I thought um, we were doing ghosts, not possessions. <laughs> um, yeah, Alex just mentioned it. Today's episode is all about ghosts, which means I'm not going to be sleeping tonight. Uh, hey, but our ghost stories are kind of surprisingly to a minimum for the episode. Yeah, at least um, for my, my side of it. You know, it's just the thought. I can't wait to hear your all, though. Uh, mine's interesting. But... Uh, uh, you're flabbergasted. Uh, yeah, I'm flabbergasted. Um, <laughs> what, what's our icebreaker today, Alex? Let's hop on into it. Our icebreaker is, is if you could haunt somewhere, where would you haunt? As a ghost, obviously. Hey, listeners, I came up with this uh, this what? icebreaker right before we recorded this. I said it so confidently, and now everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows. I'm a fraud. Now. James, you go first. You always have a really great answer, so I want to get yours out of the way so that okay. Alex and I can then. Um, well, you know. I took my nephew to Mammoth Cave recently, and we had fun scaring people by. I can whistle with my throat, and it produces a very <laughs> eerie sound. I would love to just continue to do that in Mammoth Cave. <laughs> so James would be a cave dweller. I would never yeah. have expected someone. Even James to pick a cave. <laughs> James, can you do your little throat whistle right now? I can try. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked for the <laughs> Right, that's creepy. That's creepy. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to hear that in a cave. That's for sure. Nope. Neither did the uh, tourists. <laughs> Alex, where would you haunt? Uh, I would. You know, I would get bored in a cave or like a house, so I'd probably pick like a theme park. You know, yeah. I almost thought theme park. You know, like, and if I really wanted to be devious, if if I really wanted to be devious, like I could, like, malevolent. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wouldn't like, be. I wouldn't be. I'd be a nice die. ghost. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I think it'd be fun if you could, like, you know, make yourself like a peer, and somebody gets on a roller coaster, and like they're alone, and then they look over halfway through, <laughs> just like, whoa! And I'm just like, woo! Yeah. You, you could make people seriously poop all over everyone underneath them. Yeah, and then they would get uh. off the roller coaster, and they'd say there was someone sitting next to me, and then the, the you know, the person who runs around would be like, oh, that's just a. 
our uh, local ghost Cece. <laughs> and then they turn around and look, and you're standing in the distance. Uh, yeah, no, and I'm surrounded by a cloud of mist. You know, I think I understand why ghosts are terrifying because if I was one, I would, I would want to terrify people now that I think about it because it'd be so funny. Like you know, you, you know, like all these horror movies, like when they're terrifying, the person turns around, they just they start giggling to themselves when they're off camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't want to be a ghost, but uh, are, are we ready to hop on into the topic? Let's or, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh wait. Oh. Well, no, I was just, we're only five minutes in the podcast. I wasn't sure if there's anything else anybody wanted to talk about oh, before we hop yeah, on go in. For it. Everybody got the floor. Uh, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you stop it? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just hop on in. Um, Alex is going to get <laughs> Alex is going to get us started today. He's just talking about ghosts in general. Yeah, I'm just I'm laying the groundwork for pretty much what CC and you know I don't know a lot about poltergeists, but I'm laying the groundwork for CC and I'm laying a little bit of groundwork for James. And this uh, this is just off topic. I just want to get, get this out there real quickly, <clears throat> James. I don't know why, but I've been thinking about this. Oh my gosh, a lot lately. What? <laughs> <laughs> no idea Santiago. where you're going. <laughs> Santiago. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you're, you're Spanish, Spanish <laughs> What about it? <laughs> she just thinks it's funny at Santiago. She's oh, so weird. Wow. Yes. I keep keep wanting to call you Santiago. Okay, oh let's, my let's god! Let's talk about ghosts. Let's talk about ghosts. <laughs> god, we're off the rails, but we're gonna get this train back on the rails, and Alex is gonna tell us Santiago about ghosts. Now I know if I ever look over and I just see you like cackling to yourself, I know what it's about now. Santiago. <laughs> okay, go. Wow. <laughs> go. <laughs> All right, so I'm just doing kind of a generic explanation of ghosts. Like, we all kind of know what they are, but, you know, there's things like specters and phantoms and poltergeists, haunts, as some people call them, spirits and wraiths. And so I really wanted to dig into it and see what the big difference was between all of them. Hmm. And so I, I did a bunch of research, and I found out that they're all just synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> Can I add one to the mix? I yeah. just came up with one. What? An oogly boogly. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like that's something that would be under your bed. Oh, that's like a goblin. Yeah. Ooh. You know, our daughter's favorite book right now is called Goodnight Goon, and it's about monsters. It's and a horror version of, of Goodnight Moon. Well, it's a Halloween version. It's not horror. <laughs> Except for the are three mummies that have just eaten an explorer in it. Yeah. And they're all rubbing their tubbies. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. It's a it, no. it's a good book. Read it. Okay, go on. Yeah, Gwen loves it. Oogly um, booglies. <laughs> Oogly booglies. But so they're all the same thing pretty much. I think there's like different subsects of them. Subsects? Subsex. Like S U B. Subset? <laughs> no. I was thinking like S E C T S. No, Cece's right on that one. Subtests, yeah. Subtests. <laughs> oh, no, it's not subtests. I want. I'm thinking. I don't know. They've got their own zoology. I picture. Okay. Because oh. you know, poltergeist is always this. I always associate with poltergeist with like a house haunting, but it like almost like it's the house. Do you, you know, know what? what I mean? Do you know what poltergeist means? Um, no. That means noise. <laughs> 
Noisy ghost. Noisy ghost. Okay. Yep. Well, so they're all the same ghosts, just different volumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a specter is a quiet ghost, I guess. When I think of specter, I think of a ghost that can like physically interact with things. Like, like if somebody, if a ghost punches you, it's a specter. I don't know why that's how I view it. Really? Yeah. See, whenever I think of specter, I think of, but I'm probably just thinking of the DC comic specter. Yeah. But, I, I, well, honestly, um, I was thinking of Scorpion from Mortal Kombat was why. Dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, like a phantom. I picture that as like this thing you catch out of the corner of your eye and it disappears. Like a shadow person? Yeah. But according Ooh. to everything else I've seen, it's, they're all the same thing. <laughs> 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 but but that's kind of where it gets a little interesting i guess hmm. is there's all these ghosts that come in different shapes and sizes right so this would be a fun book a taxonomy of spirits yeah a taxonomy yes that's the word i couldn't think of earlier yeah. when i said subsex no worries i bet you it exists a book like that. You know, there probably is, but... Um, hmm. Alex, if Alex wrote one, it would probably be really funny. Yeah, it, it would have subsex. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It'd just be a horrible misspelling and horrible descriptions of all these ghost types. So, I was going to do these different types, right? Yeah. And then I was also going to follow it up with a funny ghost story. Because I was wanted to, sub- to subvert expectations. Well, it turns out there's not any funny ghost stories that aren't made up. <laughs> so there's another bus. <laughs> so I guess if you're if you are haunting something, you're either terrifying or you're just kind of playful. Okay. And I even Cece and I have gone on ghost tours in like Savannah, <gasps> where there's friendly ghosts. They kind of like play piano, and they're just kind of they're not intrusive. They're just kind of there. Yeah. Well, they're the living south. their life there, but they're not interacting with you like in a malicious way. Okay. Right. But I couldn't find any funny ghost stories. Like I was like, I was trying to find like a ghost that mooned somebody or something like that. Something <laughs> yeah. childish, just like hilarious. <laughs> no, there wasn't. But I should probably break down these ghosts a little bit more. Uh, and obviously, these ghosts are souls or spirits of individuals who have passed, <laughs> and they linger. And typically in areas where a bad deed was done mm. or in places that were uh, very personal to them. Yeah. And they also come in shapes and sizes. And this is where I get to that apparition, haunt, phantom, poltergeist, all these different types. Because mm. ghosts aren't one type of thing. They're not just human. There's animal ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about before, Black Shuck is kind of a, it's a cryptid or maybe a ghost. It's something. Kind of depends on the story that's being told about it. Yeah, that makes sense. So most people associate ghosts with humans, and that is the way we see most of them. But visually, they're not all the same. What I mean by that is not all ghosts are these semi-transparent entities that I always picture. I always mm-hmm. picture like this human entity that I could see through a little bit. Yeah. Right. What do you all picture when you think of a ghost? I, that. I think yeah. of like a transparent person. Yeah. Right. In, in like Victorian clothing for whatever yeah. reason. You never see like a cave ghost, like a flipping Neanderthal ghost. That would be awesome. Oh, that'd be yeah. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but they can also be invisible. Like we see in a lot of movies where bookshelves, mm. uh, sin books fly or yeah. Cabinet doors are open. Oh. Or all these types of things that we see. Yeah. <laughs> so they can be semi-transparent. They can be invisible. They can appear completely solid. And even some stories have them interacting with people 
as if they're completely solid. Hmm. And so, and uh, some descriptions are kind of like what I picture a phantom is. It's like kind of wispy, kind of like, you know, like that, that floating clothing, like kind of like that. Yeah. Not, not the comical ghost look, but you know what I'm kind talking about. Kind of like, like the pirate ghosts in Pirates of the Caribbean movie where they're all on the ghost ship. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> so something a little more otherworldly than some of these other descriptions. Okay. Yeah, but they can also be like orbs, kind of what a lot of people describe seeing. For, Just little circles that float. Yeah, a lot of people will see these in pictures that they take Yeah, uh, when they say they've encountered a ghost. Or some people say poltergeists are kind of... Orby. Orby. What if <laughs> the orbs that people are seeing are just ball lightning? That would be awesome, Cece. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Throwback to our strange weather phenomena episode. Yeah, so I started looking into how long some of these ideas have been around. There's Wheezy again. Um, so I've been looking at to how long some of these ideas have been around. What's your all's guess on the oldest recorded ghost? I know the answer, so I'm not going to guess. But hmm. Well, James guessed, James, and then you guess. J- okay, James, you go. The oldest ghost. Uh, I'm thinking probably like the Assyrians. What's your guess, Cece? The Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh, you made like a really like a story about yeah. it. <clears throat> well, yeah. Well, that's old, what I was kind of thinking of Assyrians. Yeah. There's yeah. There there's recordings all the way back to Mesopotamia. Mm. So. So people have thought ghosts existed for a very long time. Right. And the ideas of ghosts have slowly evolved throughout the years, but they kind of really evolved a lot during the Egyptian times where their idea of death was kind of evolving rapidly. Yeah. And so... It makes sense. I mean, it's been throughout the world. It's it's this thing that has been almost since the beginning. Hmm. And some people chart it to seeing like even your breath when it's cold out. Yeah. It's kind of like your spirit almost right well yeah the hebrew word for for soul is like the same word as breath or whatever so yeah yeah and you know fun little thing about the assyrians i know that they thought that if you like made fake things like effigies or drawings that like it would become real in the spirit world so one of the ways they would deal with ghosts like let's say your aunt dies and she's a spinster and so she dies kind of lonely and then you all of a sudden you get haunted it's like all right let's go make a wax doll like a handsome man for, for auntie and then you make her a, a handsome man and then she leaves you alone because he becomes real in the spirit world for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, but <clears throat> so I guess, how do you become a ghost? <clears throat> well, usually something tragic, tragic happens, a brutal murder, uh, someone who's had a very troubled life, uh, just anything that you can really picture that's tragic. Just people that are just mistreated throughout history. Usually, just like a a horrible existence, kind of, has kind of led to it, or something very brutal in the moment. Yeah, yeah, could lead to these typically. Uh, and some of the typical, tro- I guess, tropes is the best thing I can think of. But some of the typical tropes that we see usually involve women. So, like white ladies, mm. uh, they often die tragically they have some sort of trauma that's like pervade through their entire life and they have two different sides of them some of them that are harbingers of death and sometimes they're these things that have a sense of like purity to them like 
Mm-hmm. They're not. They're non-threatening. Mm-hmm. So there's two. There's two. They're kind of two sides of the same coin. But then there's also the lady in red, which is usually someone that's been very mistreated by, mm-hmm. especially men or something like that, like prostitutes that have been Aww. murdered or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's typically what like a lady in red is, and th- these are things that we see kind of all across the world with re- reoccurring trends with these type of appar- apparitions or ghosts. Mm-hmm. So scientists have tried to explain ghosts and they believe there's a few reasons for people seeing ghosts. None of these reasons involve ghosts being actually real. They have classified it as a pseudoscience. Oh yeah. And they believe that oftentimes encounters with ghosts are results of sleep paralysis, which I believe you both have experienced. Yes. Mm-hmm. And both of your experiences had ghosts involved, right? Or otherworldly things? It wasn't fun. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting that neither person wants to talk about it. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if that cuts down my segment a little bit. And <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I just wanted to, you to relive your trauma. No. Um, so <laughs> some, some people think that it's actually dementia that causes people to see ghosts. But I think that's a pretty radical and kind of a yeah. dumb claim to make, Agreed. given how many people have had an encounter and don't have dementia. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Not this many people have dementia at these stages of their life. And the symptom of dementia is seeing a ghost. I don't, I don't buy that one. Agreed. One thing that I thought was funny was that up until 1921, some people believed, especially with haunted houses, that the reason people would keep seeing ghosts in the same place was because of carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually read a story about that, about some family that thought that they had ghosts in their house and then they checked out their furnace and realized their furnace was leaching carbon monoxide house and they fixed the furnace and then everything stopped. Oh man. Nice. What what if that's the solution to every horror movie? Like with a ghost it turns <laughs> just out they the just the furnace. <laughs> yeah. What if just the carbon monoxide? What if they what if they were haunted and the ghost was just trying to warn them like check the furnace. Yeah, maybe what well, maybe That's a good idea, James. That's a good and idea. And then you know what? That was that was the ghost's uh, unfinished business in life, and then as soon as he helped the family, he could move on. Oh, yeah. I like it. This, this movie writes itself, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, some are chalking it up to hypnagogic hallucinations, just mm. like my man Emmanuel Swedenborg. Hypnagogic. Mm. Hypnagogic. How do you say, it, James? It's gogic, right? I've actually heard both, so you're both fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, a few episodes ago, we talked about Emanuel Swedenborg and how he was able to enter a hypnagogic state to interact with Christ. And so they think that some people enter this state, whether on purpose or not, and see ghosts. James, have you ever entered a state like this? Oh, yeah. Uh, this weekend, even. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, I use mugwort. What did you What did you do when you were in your little hypnagogic state? Uh, just different stuff. I would fade in and out of consciousness, and when I would dream, they would be lucid dreams. And then when I was awake, I would be just kind of hyper-creative, hyper-sensitive, oh. sensory-wise. All right, cool. So yeah. some other interesting explanations were by a guy named Michael 
Persinger. And a lot oh, of yeah, people I've have heard these, of him too. A lot of people have these same explanations. Yeah. But he was kind of at the forefront of some of it. And he chalked it up to changes in geomagnetic fields, which is like the Earth's crust and solar activity. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of haunted houses, as I'll talk a little bit about mm-hmm. next, but a lot of quote unquote haunted houses lie on. Or are said to ley lines. yeah, like mm. on ley lines or mm. on electromagnetic fields. Uh, okay, and so he thinks that the, these geomagnetic fields stimulate the brain, especially the uh, temporal lobes, and it cause these hallucinations. <clears throat> and another thing that he thought it could have been is infrasound. In- infrared. Yeah, no, infrasound. infrasound. Yeah, infrasound. Hmm. And it could cause humans to experience bizarre feelings in the room. And it's an inaudible vibration, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's this thing that's kind of undetectable without instruments. And they say that with this sound, humans experience anxiety, sadness, and they even have this feeling of like panic. something watching them, panic. Hmm. And even some, some get chills. Huh. So they chalked it up to that. I don't like it. You don't like it? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, I will say that the re- all the research that has been done on this, no one has disproved the existence of ghosts. But no one's proved it either. <laughs> so take with that what you will. I don't believe in them, but I've got two people here on the microphone with me that do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think I've gone on long enough. I won't do my story. You, why don't you do your story real quick? Okay. I got this off of a website called The Edit News. And they had people write in telling their stories. So, so this one goes. I was at a slumber party in eighth grade with a few of my friends when we decided, stupidly, in parentheses, to have a seance in her unfinished basement. That's a bad idea. Yes. <laughs> we, we were having fun and giggling as we were trying to figure out who to summon when someone suggested, and this is why I picked this one, Jack the Ripper. Oh, of course. That's smart. A serial killer from the late 1800s, if you haven't listened to our episode. And I immediately got a pit in my stomach. No, I spoke up. We shouldn't summon something evil. That's right, called a man's voice from the other side of the door. There were no boys or men at the house when this happened. And another girl also heard it. And she says that she'll never be the same. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a fun little, little ghost story yeah this other one's a story but i think it's more about possession than let's not anything. talk about well possession. this i think you know, might like this one sometimes i wake up in the middle of the night and my roommate is giggling and playing with my hair and in the morning she doesn't remember <laughs> that was the entire story. <laughs> oh man i don't like that yeah, it's creepy but it's also yeah. like that that's not possession you just got a yandere roommate (laughs) yeah Yeah, your roommate's got a fetish uh uh, you're next Cece. i'm next build upon the groundwork i have laid for you you've laid quite a sturdy floorboard foundation foundation (laughs) i could say floorboard you can okay you guys i'm talking about haunted houses what makes a house Quote, unquote, haunted. And Alex, you kind of actually touched on some of the stuff that I was going to talk about. So um, thanks for stepping on my cloud. But a lot of my research comes from an article that I found on Psychology Today by Dr. Frank T. McAndrew. 
it's appropriately titled What Makes a House Feel Haunted? Mm -hmm. And he dives into why some places feel, why some places make people feel creeped out. Mm. Are ghosts really lurking about? Or could it possibly be something else? Something like in our brain. Mm. So when you guys think of the typical haunted house, what comes to mind? It's either really old and like a still a wealthy person's house, or it's a rundown house that's been abandoned for a long time. Mm, yeah, derelict. Yeah, derelict. That's, that's a word I got on my paper, James. Huh? <laughs> uh, so when I think of a haunted house, the first thing that comes to my mind is either a deserted area, or it's just like in a very remote place, like out in the countryside, just far from society. It might have a dark past, like a mental institute or an abandoned prison, or there was a grisly murder carried out within its walls. And it might be dark. It might be falling apart, creaky floorboards, broken windows, etc. And it might smell musky and gross and just yucky. Mm. Yeah. So when you step foot into a place like this, you might get anxious and begin to feel like the walls are like beginning to crumble in on you. You feel like you're in danger. Yeah. And you might get the... Yeah, you're going to get the heebie-jeebies real good. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, McAndrew points out that when we enter situations or places like this, it kind of puts us on edge because you don't know what's in a decrepit, dark, scary building like this. You don't know what could be lurking around the corner. So, instantly, when you go into a place like this, you're already... Your, your ears are already perked. Right. And you're anxious and having a feeling like that might lead you to believe like, you know, there's something else here with me. So, and I think that he, he mentions in his article that part of the reason that we get scared in these places is not because like we know there's something there. It's like the, the thought of not knowing what is with you. Right. When you don't know what's with you, you might think it's a ghost. Something otherworldly. It's the only explanation. Yeah, and there's this thing that people have called agent detection mechanisms. James, do you know about these? Agent detective mechanisms? What? Yeah, agent detection mechanisms. Hmm, I don't know. Oh, oh James. <laughs> you always know. So this is something that evolutionary scientists say that humans have evolved over time that helps contribute to our self-preservation. So the, the kind of example that they use in the article is you're out walking in the woods and you hear a stick break. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. So you hear a stick break and you have this heightened sense of arousal because you don't know if there's something behind that bush that's going to kill you. Right. And, you know... Back when cavemen were around, they always had to worry about what creature was, you know, stalking behind yeah. them, ready to well, pounce uh, and kill them. The most primitive part of the brain is the amygdala. Um, you know, I've heard people call it the watchman. And for good reason. You know, if you think the, how we it, kind of interpret our surroundings every day, we filter a lot. We don't notice a lot. But the amygdala does. You know, and it's funny. It's like kind of like, you know, you ever have one of those days where nothing bad happens, but then you have a nightmare over some silly thing that you thought was completely unimportant over the course of the day. Like you almost tripped and fell down a staircase, but you're like, oh, well. And then that night you fall asleep and your subconscious is like, hey, remember when that happened? <laughs> and then like shows you something nightmarish about it. Welcome yeah. to my life, James. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, whether or not a spirit actually resides within a specific location is just a big old question mark when it comes to hauntings. Mm. Uh, we don't know because, as Alex said, there's not there there's nothing that really disproves the existence of ghosts, but there's nothing that proves it either. And it's difficult to really tell if a place is haunted because people people who already believe in ghosts will probably be more likely to experience something ghostly right. in a house that they think is haunted because they're almost expecting it to happen right they're looking for it it's almost like hypnotic suggestion where people who want to be hypnotized are more likely to be hypnotized are more easily hypnotized yeah Mm. well yeah exactly it's kind of like that if you believe in ghosts you're probably going to be more apt to to see things that other people might not see because they don't believe in it but it's like what, what it makes me think of is all those ghost hunter shows where they go looking for ghosts like naturally they hear things because they've gone to look for it so Yeah. And while I do agree with all of Dr. McAndrew's ideas, I do think that like normal old houses can be haunted too. It doesn't have to be the stereotypical haunted house because I personally have had ghostly experiences before and I do believe in them. Even though my hubby over here does not, he thinks I'm cray cray. I don't think you're Mm -hmm. crazy. I just think you're mistaken. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. But yeah. I, you know, there was this house that when I used to live in Lexington, and it wasn't the house that I grew up in, because the house I grew up in, I think it was haunted. But there was this house that I would walk past uh, when I would go out on, like, my walks, and it was always at night. But I would go on little walks, and there was this house that I would pass by every time, and it wasn't for sale, but it was uh, empty. There was no one living there, and the grass was, like, overgrown and everything. But other than the grass being overgrown, it looked like just, like, a normal house, but Every time I walked past that place, I just instantly got like this feeling of dread. Mm. I wonder if it was on an electromagnetic field. Mm. But anyways. Could have been tickling your lobes. Yeah, tickling <laughs> the temporals. <laughs> oh, man. But I, yeah, I, I, I still think that house is haunted. I'd like to go back. Maybe we should drive past it next time we're in Lexington and we can see if I get the feeling. Okay. <laughs> I well. Well, now it's deep seated into your childhood, so of course you're gonna get it. Yeah, I mean it is. But what if somebody else moved in and they've cut the grass and it's not as scary anymore? What if you go by and there's a ghost in the window? It's possible. Will you be glad you went over there? No, I'll be scared. And I'll never <laughs> sleep again. So I did look up a list of the top ten most haunted places in the world per Time Magazine. And this is them in no particular order. And I feel like all of these have spurred movies or everybody's heard of these places. So the Amityville House. Uh-huh. We all know about that place. Edinburgh Castle. The Myrtles Plantation. Mm. The Queen Mary. The boat. <laughs> Tower of London. The Whaley House. That's the one I hadn't heard of. The Winchester House. Eastern State Penitentiary, which I never want to set foot within those walls. Why? Because it's scary. I've seen so many ghost ghost TV shows about that place. It's haunted. But did you ever see a ghost? They f- found ghosts. It's amazing that they <laughs> always find these ghosts, but none of them are ever recorded. <laughs> okay, number nine. The White House. Did you know the White House was haunted? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's news to me. And then number 10 is the Gettysburg Battlefield, which I totally believe is haunted. Oh, <sighs> if, if any place, if, yeah, some of these places, if they were going to be it, then they are. Well, I did find an article, you guys, a very helpful article for anybody who's listening. Uh, 
ways to tell if your house is haunted per life-changing magazine allure (laughs) you guys i used to subscribe to allure is this gonna be is that article gonna be like a horoscope for people where they're like oh that happened to me once it was written that's me that's me by the astrology writer. Oh, here we go, people. Just keep in mind. Go back and listen to our other episode. What was it? Magical thinking. Magical thinking. But this yeah. is by Eliza Kelly Farragher. I think that's how you say your last name. How do you say that? She wrote an article titled, Is Your House Haunted? Five Signs You're Being Ghosted in an Even Worse Way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I was so glad you picked that article. Uh, the oh, the title kind of gets me, but... I will give Miss Farragher props because she did a great job describing the difference between ghosts and spirits and stuff like that. And she also briefly discussed what um, you talked about last week, James, in our, uh, or should I say last week, Santiago, in our (laughs) Halloween special episode, (laughs) how during the autumn season, the veil between worlds grows thin and that's why ghosts might become more prevalent or loud during this time of year. (laughs) Yeah. She talked about that. So, you guys, <laughs> this is what this is what Miss Farragher says. She says, spirits need energy in order to make contact with us mortal folk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, James? Makes sense. Yeah. And they'll draw energy from just about anything, including, are you guys ready for the five signs? Emotions, light bulbs. Uh, he, you know what? Just let me continue. The Zodiac. The Zodiac. <laughs> I don't know. Alex is getting upset over here. <laughs> Okay, the first the first way you can tell if you have a ghost. Heat and temperature. If you guys experience unusual cold spots randomly throughout your home, it could be a spirit, you guys. The spirit might be drawing some power from the heat in your house and then leaving little cold spots. That's his way of saying hello. Are you going to tell the story about what happened? Um. Yeah, you guys. So <laughs> this is a little personal story. We had a family friend who was a so-called psychic, and she <laughs> she said that she could communicate with spirits. And so my dad was like, okay, well, let's go film you, you know, communicating with a spirit in a house that is supposedly haunted. And your dad's all on board with it. Oh, yeah. Too, no, my dad totally believes in ghosts, 150%. And <laughs> so he goes on this little ghost hunt with our little friend, and halfway through his filming all of a sudden she goes oh my goodness there's a presence here i can feel a cold spot there's a cold spot right here it's just the temperature is dipped tremendously someone's here and then my dad pans the camera up and right above her is an air vent that's phenomenal so you guys when you if you do think that your house is haunted just make sure you're not standing underneath an air vent <laughs> Word for the wise. Okay, second sign you're being haunted. Spirits might also draw power from all the technological gadgets in your house. So if your phone suddenly dies uh, at like 25% or your lights around your house start flickering randomly, it might be ghostly. Mm-hmm. Which is something that always happened to me at my old house, my childhood house growing up. Every, like, no matter what room I went into, no matter what time of day, the lights would always start to flicker as soon as I entered a room. And then, this is the creepiest thing that ever happened to me, you guys. Well, you know, I won't say that. It's not the creepiest thing, but it's up there. When my grandmother passed away, we inherited her old television. And it was an old television. It had, like, the knobs directly on the television box that you would turn to get to a channel. And in the middle of the night, occasionally, it would turn on on its own all Mm. the time. 
No, that's creepy. It was really creepy. And we didn't have any channels, like, because it was like a super old television, so it would just turn on static. And so I'd just be laying in my bed at night, and all of a sudden, that's unsettling. The TV wow. would turn on, and it was like the TV was so old that it would kind of like start in the middle, and then the light would get bigger until the entire TV was on. That's a staple of horror movies, right there. Yeah, I know, James. That's why I believe in freaking ghosts. It was it, it, my house was haunted, and yeah. my house was built in 1931. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ignore ignore the faulty power button on this very old TV that was just accidentally turned. Why don't you just GTFO if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna be like this? This is my truth and my story. No, it was really scary, James. It was really mm-hmm. scary. It would be scary for a TV. To, I've had a TV come on and do that. Yeah, but did it's it really happen fine. like once a week for until you decided to tell your parents to get that TV the hell out of your room? I would never talk to my parents that way. Oh. Yeah, you wouldn't have that. Your parents would have killed you if you had talked to them like that. <laughs> I didn't talk to my parents like that, you guys. Mm. I just said, Daddy, can you please take the TV away? Oh. Okay. So anyways, sign number three that your house is haunted. Strange smells. Oh, gosh. Ew. I live with a ghost. It's right here. <laughs> no, I was going to say the same thing about you. <laughs> so you guys smell something sulfury, a.k.a. Alex. Might be a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you smell cigar smoke, but no one in your house partakes in the smoking of cigars. It could just be a classy AF ghost. Oh. Yeah. Or he smells of cinnamon whiskey. Hmm. Or maybe it's a woman who's wearing some type of floral perfume. Mm. Nobody in your house wears perfume because you're allergic to it. It's a ghost. <laughs> and I found an article that had like all the ways you could kind of like pick apart. Is this is this smell that I'm smelling? Is it ghostly or is it just a smell? Mm. Mm-hmm. You'll, Sounds like one of those wall candles. We'll post there. it on our Facebook page so that you guys can determine if yeah, if you've got a ghost or if it's just or a stinky old fish or maybe your husband tooted. Or a mm. wall candle that you don't like. A wall candle. You know what? You know I would be called? able if I put if I'm sorry, if I plugged in a wall candle, what which I don't even know what it is, was a wall candle. You mean a wall flower? What, what, yeah. From Bath and Body Works. Sure. You guys, I used to work at Bath and Body Works. Mm. Okay, off off topic. Sorry. Number four, a fourth sign that you've got a ghostly presence at home. Objects moving on their own and or unexplained sounds. Mm. Mm. Unexplained sounds. Every house has that. Alex? (laughs) It's true. I'm sorry. Well, this is the thing my dad would always say. The house is just settling. That, That loud Boom, that you heard them all out. That's just the house settling. I'm sorry, but when does a house settle and make a loud boom noise? Where it sounds like yeah. something's falling off a shelf. Guess what the Leaning Tower Pizza thought? There's like, oh, it's just settling. And then one day it probably just slid over. And there was probably a boom because all the stuff was sliding over. All right. That's <laughs> Alex's very scientific take on yeah. Wow. <laughs> Unexplained sounds. Well research. Well, my question is how how often does a house settle where it makes these noises? Because well, it happened all the time at my house growing up. I mean, we used to live in apartments that would, depending on the season, be able to close a door or not. So, oh yeah, the air pressure changes. Yeah. Well, air pressure changes, but like the door, the frame would shift to where you could physically not close the door, 
And then during the summer, you could close the door. Yeah, but it didn't mm. make noises when it did that. Yeah, but your house is shifting. So I'm just saying. Yeah, or you had a ghost that just visited for the summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What could, it could, ghost? could be a vacation ghost. Yeah, vacation yeah. ghost. <laughs> Stinky apartment. Okay, so you know one of the things that freaks me out the most is the thought of when you see – okay, when you see a movie and somebody walks into a room – and all their cabinets in their kitchen are closed. Then they walk out for a second. They come back and they're all open. Yeah. That good. is like my, that's my nightmare. <sighs> if anybody wants to play a terrible, cruel joke on me and then have me hate them forever, that's what you need to do. April 1st. <laughs> Alex, shut, no, no. April 1st. <gasps> okay, anyways. When I, when I was doing my research, when I found out that my old, my childhood house was built in 1931, you guys, I looked up pictures of it because they were on Zillow. That place was totally haunted. Totally haunted. Mm. James, I'll send you pictures of it later so you can look at it and tell me, yeah, it was haunted. Okay. The last sign of a haunting. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Per Allure Magazine, your pets. And I'm going to throw children in here too because we got one of these. But your pets and children making contact with something invisible. Hmm. Ugh. Yeah, uh, there's nothing creepier than when, like, you have a, an animal and they're just staring at something. And you're like, what are you looking at? You keep looking over and there's nothing there. Or they're just looking at nothing and then all of a sudden their eyes start moving slowly across the room. <sighs> my dog yeah. used to do that at my childhood house. Claire used to do it all the time. And she'd start barking. Yeah. The thought of it just, yeah. you know. That's unsettling. Yeah, there. See, there are a couple things on here that are unsettling, right, Alex? I mean, they're all unsettling, but then if you just like think about it a little bit, Claire probably saw a little bug that you couldn't see. No, no, no. <laughs> she saw something else. Okay. But if that ever happens to us, Alex, if Gwen is sitting in her room and all of a sudden she starts laughing or talking to something she's in the corner done, of the room, she's, she's laughed and waved at things that aren't there before. When she's how really do you, little. How do you know nothing's there? There's nothing there. How do you know? Well, they must have left her alone because she didn't talk to them anymore. If it, well, it's because Gwen's cheerful and happy, and they're like, I'm not going to bother her. No, if that happens to us, pack your bags, Alex, we're moving. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't buy these horror movies where people stick around. You bet your butt. If I saw something like that, I'd be out. <laughs> I, yeah, I would be gone forever. So anyways, you guys, that's, that's uh, five ways that you can figure out whether or not your house is haunted, and that's some some things that might make a specific place haunted. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you think of the stereotypical haunted house, it's, you know, what we talked about at the very beginning of my segment, an old rundown mansion in the middle of nowhere that's just overgrown with plants and whatever. But I personally have heard from some people who they've got a spiritual side of them where they can communicate with spirits and stuff. They, I've heard that they say airports are exceptionally haunted. Mm. I wonder why that is. I think it's because because there's there's a lot of, you know, obviously nobody knows for sure, but ghosts who are here, as you mentioned, they might have some unfinished business or something. They they there's something that's holding them back from moving on. But they don't have to fly coach anywhere. No, but that's the <laughs> where that's where you go when you're trying to, you know, travel or yeah, go somewhere travel. meet a destination. Yeah, so I hear that a lot of spirits will go to airports. I wonder where people mostly interact with. Them. I think it's probably just because people at airports are tired and grumpy, and it's just a great place to feed. <laughs> yeah, just get all that energy from those people. Maybe that's why everybody's so so upset. Or maybe you guys, what if the most haunted place is the DMV? Oh, they just 
feed off all the energy of the it people who work at the DMV. <laughs> yeah. Deborah made me wait forever. Deborah's been dead for years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mm. I you know, doing this research for this specific mm. topic frightened me. Mm. And I know that what James is about to tell us <laughs> about poltergeists is going to have me sleeping with the light on tonight. No, because I sleep with that room. James. Anyway, yeah, I'm covering James, it's your turn. I'm covering poltergeists. And poltergeists are probably the spookiest of the three topics and also the most mysterious. Because when you think of a ghost, generally speaking, what do you think of? I think of the little ethereal kind of right. transparent ghost that floats around and like, ooh. Yeah, but what I mean, uh, you know, Alex asked about the physicality. I mean, like, what is a ghost, though, like definition-wise? Definition-wise? Yeah. Uh, for me, it is a spirit of somebody who has passed on. Exactly. That, yeah. Poltergeist, we don't on. know for sure if that's what a poltergeist is. We don't know if they're actually ghosts or not. Um, it, it, the jury's really hung on that. And one thing that's interesting to note, a lot of researchers in the 20th century have, have really looked thoroughly into poltergeists, which poltergeists have been around as, as far back as the Assyrians, but the real name comes from the, the 19th century. It's a very modern concept for something that people have experienced in terms of like ghostly harassment uh, since time immemorial. But what's interesting to, to note is that a lot of scientists took thorough interest in poltergeist stories because, one, during the period of enlightenment and when the scientific methods started coming about, there was just a surge. It's kind of like what I was talking about with the, our, our magical thinking episode. Spiritualism and enlightenment sort of they counterweight each other. And it just so happens that during uh, this period of scientific progress, you got a lot of uh, poltergeist uh, stories, poltergeist claims. And Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud both were very interested in it. And Jung had an interesting theory on it. Uh, he noticed that a disproportionate number, and this is true today as it was 100 years ago, a disproportionate number of poltergeist activity is associated with teenage girls. Like, really oh. disproportionate so it's I kind of interesting yeah so a girl turns 11 or 12 13 gets her period strange stuff starts happening it's almost as if the days where she's very moody physical manifestations start occurring and that's what makes a poltergeist a poltergeist you don't see a lady in white you don't see an orb instead the bookshelf falls over the the chairs start ro rolling across the room even though they're not on wheels the fridge opens and slams, etc. Physical activity starts taking place that disturbs the psychological well-being of the household. Uh, so much so that, you know, people actually at that time, they connected it with uh, hysteria, which hysteria means uterus problem. Like if you break down the word, you know, like hysterectomy. Um, yeah. People thought that it was just women being either possessed or drawing the ire of, of negative spirits, or even, and this is the case of Jung, thinking that women just psychically, emotionally, like all the, the ups and downs and traumas of adolescence led to physical manifestations of, of weird, unexplained phenomena, like tables breaking apart and knives flying across the room and so forth. 
And that certainly does go hand in hand with poltergeists. Like I said, disproportionately, teenage girls seem to be the biggest targets. And very rarely do I uh, bring up sources. But I got to say, I I think this is very invaluable. Uh, I was props to uh, livinglibraryblog.com because they conveniently divided it into stages, which I'm about to go through because I, I just thought this was an extremely useful way of looking at it. Um, most poltergeist stories work just like this. You've got a young girl, usually, sometimes a young boy, and then you've got stage one beginnings. So faint noises, scratching in the walls, uh, things that could easily be explained, mm-hmm. tickings that could be beetles, water pipes stripping, things that, you know, things that you hear at night when you're trying to go to sleep that could be a number of explainable things. But then stage two happens, and it becomes harder to dismiss them. Uh, the sounds of things being struck, like wood or glass or cracking or banging, things that happen in the daytime too, objects vibrating, like chairs that someone's sitting in. That's a little harder to ignore. Stage hmm. three, it really ups the ante. Then people start noticing moving objects. Uh, stones being thrown across the room, dishes being thrown from the cupboard, etc. Objects disappearing and reappearing in unexplained manners. Um, things like that. Then you have apports and disapports, which is really disturbing. And that's when things straight up appear from nowhere or disappear into nowhere. Um, that's usually, that's in the more rare side of cases, but that's that, imagine how disturbing that is to see something manifest or disappear straight out of thin air. Stage five is where <laughs> stage stage five is is communication. That's when you start noticing an order to these phenomena. Sometimes it, this goes hand in hand with what we, we talked about with the magical thinking with the Fox sisters, you know, knocking twice for yes and once for no whistles, growls voices, you know, just strange uh, things that couldn't be attributed to a beetle or a moth or rodents in the walls at that point or dripping pipes. At that point, you're hearing voices. And sometimes those voices could be, I mean, I remember one time I went through a place that was noted to be haunted and I heard these weird voices. I was like, what the heck are they? this gibberish? And then later, like I heard somebody speaking Dutch for the first time. I was like, oh, <laughs> that is totally what, what I heard. <laughs> Dutch. Um, well, stage six is the climax. This is when it gets to a point. This is when in the stories, the, you know, various recollections that people have, this is when they move. <laughs> this is when people are like, we can't take this anymore because everything reaches a fever pitch. Activity stops being brief and it starts lasting for hours or days even. Uh, if if the poltergeist is speaking, it's saying things that are like intelligible and often threatening. Uh, and then that leads to the mm-hmm. decline. <laughs> and the decline is, is just the same as the, the buildup, but just shorter. And then stage eight, it just all of a sudden comes to an end. And interestingly enough, quite often that happens when a teenager often a teenage girl stops being so hormonal and stops being so uh, psychically perturbed. So it's interesting to note that there could be a connection between the emotional state of certain people and this phenomena. 
In that case, it wouldn't be an instance of a ghost. It would be more like psychokinesis. Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of interesting stories. The Bell Witch, for example, is a uh, poltergeist, not a a regular haunting. Um, And one of my favorites, I'm very skeptical of this one, but you'll like this, Cece. And I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. Is Geth the Talking Mongoose. Uh, Presumably, on the Isle of Man, there is a little village where children would frequently see a mongoose who would speak to them. (laughs) And this mongoose would explain to them that he was originally from New Delhi, uh, from India, which makes sense because that's where mongoose are from. Now, here's my issue with that. Um, One... This sounds like Ricky Ticky Tavi, if you all are familiar with that story. I loved that yes. story as a kid. And if I was a kid and I wanted to make up something, I'm pretty sure a talking mongoose would be probably the top of my list of things that I would love to make up. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean it's made up, but it's it's just peculiar that of all the things to show up on the Isle of Man is a flipping talking mongoose. Now, here's the part where it gets weird, though. They did find foot tracks uh, on the Isle of Man that look more like a mongoose than, say, any native wildlife like a mink or something. So it is there's a, there's that's a little bit of a, a spooky element, but I'm inclined to think it's just a kid with an overactive imagination on the Isle of Man. That's that's what so, I think about that one. So yeah. a talking mongoose can be a poltergeist. In this case, yes. Uh, in this case. Because it wouldn't be a literal, actual mongoose that has the ability to talk. It would be something spiritual that is taken on a physical form. And the reason why it's it's considered to be a poltergeist... ghosts can take any form. Well, in this instance, the the reason why it, it, it is considered to be a poltergeist case is because guess who saw it? A teenage girl. A teenage well, girl. T- well, 12-year-old girl-ish, give or take. And after her, her visions of of this wonderful little creature, uh, poltergeist activity began happening around her home. So that's why it's associated with a poltergeist and not say a specter of like a dead mongoose or something. Hmm. Uh, So I have one more question. Absolutely. If, if a family experiences, you know, poltergeist activity and they decide to move uh-huh. and it's due to a teenage girl's ah, uh, emotional question. state, is it going to carry over to their new house? Excellent question. Well, here's a good rule of thumb with poltergeists, period. And this is something that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the antithesis of what you were talking about. You were talking about hauntings. Poltergeists are not hauntings. They haunt people, not places. So they absolutely, if you move, guess who's following you? The poltergeist. So it is definitely not tied to locations. It is not tied to past people. It is not tied to past events. It is tied to a person okay. every single time. So that that is a, mm-hmm. a fundamental part of it. Um, now, I have a weird theory about this. Now, I'm, I mean, I'm about to get way more pseudoscientific than ever because I'm about <laughs> to I'm about to defend something really out there. Um, oh, gosh. This is my little pet theory, though. As you guys, as I mentioned, um, the word poltergeist didn't come about until uh, the 19th century. Well, what did people have before that? What did people call these things? They didn't associate them with, with ghosts. They had imps and sprites and fairies and trolls and goblins and hobgoblins and all sorts of other things. And every culture has that. Every culture. Japan has the yokai. 
Uh, Russia has the Baba Yaga. The Celts have the Fae. Everybody has something like that. The the Nordish hmm. people, Nordic people have uh, the elves. Everybody has stuff like that. So it seems to me that a poltergeist is just that. It's just some sort of nature spirit or or non-human entity, maybe from some other plane of existence, and not a dead person. So it's not a spirit so much as it is a, well, it could be a spirit, just not a human spirit, a nature spirit, a, a something else. So yeah, I am I am defending trolls and elves and goblins. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've also I'm going to finish this up with my own little uh, account. Um, when I was a kid, yeah, yeah, when I was a kid, we had a poltergeist, and I you know I don't you know again I don't know if this is a hundred percent true or not. This is just subjective, but I will tell you this: when I was little, we had an alarm system. And we had about four doors that led outside. And when I had friends over, nothing was more entertaining, especially for like a slumber party, than telling them about Albert. That was what we called him. And hearing them dismiss it. Because the minute a guest would dismiss Albert out loud, he would immediately let them know that he was real. Doors would open and close. The temperature would fluctuate. The alarm, I would always love to show them the alarm and, and ask them, you know, do you believe in Albert? And if they said no, that alarm would show that every door in the house was opening and closing even when it wasn't. Uh, just lights flickering. Every every trope of every like Ouija movie scene ever would take place. We grew up with Albert, me and my siblings, and we did not associate him with Anything negative, we flipping loved Albert. Like I actually miss Albert. <laughs> uh, I mean, like it's like a childhood pet almost. And one fun thing about Albert, one way we knew that he was a dude, or we assumed that he was male, is sometimes you would walk past the bathroom and the door would just close on its own, and the toilet would flush a little while later, and then when the door would open, the lid would be up. So that's why we assumed that Albert was a male. <laughs> and yeah, and I remember on one occasion, this is a fun example of the temperature aspect. I remember on one occasion I woke up and I didn't have a glass of water and I started to get out of bed and then I looked over and like right out of the corner of my, my vision, I had a Pepsi right by my bed and I had totally didn't do that. Uh, and I, I didn't have a history of sleepwalking. So I was like, what the heck? So I opened it and I sipped on it. I was like, okay, thanks, Albert. That's just what I assumed did that. Here's the weird part. Here's the weird part. I went to sleep. This was probably like three in the morning or so. I went to sleep when I woke up several hours later. That Pepsi was as cold as it was still in the flipping fridge. It, it never lost a single bit of its temperature. So, yeah, we, wow. we, we liked Albert. Sounds like your house was settling. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and that's another thing. As a kid, I never associated him with a dead person. So it goes back in hand in hand with what I was talking about with nature spirits. Like he never felt like a person to me. He just felt like something else. How old were your sisters when Albert was around? Oh, man. I mean, again, I grew up around him. So he's around as long as I remembered. Um, I'd say that they started knowing him when they were about seven or eight. My older sisters, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it wasn't oh. a he didn't manifest during anybody's uh, sudden adolescence. Okay, maybe I would feel differently about spirits if if 
I had an experience like that. Yeah, yeah. It was a positive one. Hmm. Mine always put me on edge and made me feel like really creeped out. Yeah. Like well, most, most poltergeists right. are harassing things. They, they, they are not positive. Um, and again, if you look at the old legends with trolls and elves and whatnot, all the house spirits that, that were so common centuries ago, usually these, these spirits were revered as positive and they were respected and venerated and you did things for them to ensure that they were happy. And if you didn't, they would get very mischievous and start messing with you. And, you know, now that we live in an age where people don't do that, it would explain if that was the case, why poltergeists are largely negative. I'm wondering if maybe at my house, it was a poltergeist. Yeah. It did. <coughs> I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> no worries. Could turn on the TV in the middle of the night. Yeah, that sounds like one. I had I had another kind of ghostly experience. Well, it was ghostly, although I didn't realize it was occurring at my dad's office growing up. Have I ever told the story on the podcast? No. I don't believe so. Okay, so, yeah, no, my, my dad had this office, and it was above a liquor store, and he had one of our friends who came over, the same girl who saw the cold spot, but she told me that, she, well, she told my dad that she thought that the place was haunted mm-hmm. and that there's a spirit there. And that is some guy named Larry. And <laughs> my dad didn't tell me about this, but I was working at his office really late one evening working on a project. And all of a sudden I got this really creepy feeling. Cause this was in the office had very few windows. So I'm in this room with no windows. Can't really see anything. I'm like in this tiny enclosed space. And I start to get this really creepy feeling that someone's watching me, mm-hmm. which I have always gotten. But I get that feeling, and so I got up and I closed the door to the room. And then when uh, my dad was talking to his friend who told him, oh, this there's a spirit here named Larry, she told him that I had seen him and that I had closed the door on him. I had never told my dad that I got creeped out and closed the door on anybody. But she knew, she said that the ghost said that I had seen him. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Spooky. Well, it makes me wonder, like, do spirits think that we can see them? Like, are they – because when I think of spirits, I think of them being all-knowing. Like, they know things that we don't know. Uh. But are they kind of like us and they they don't – they see us, but they don't realize that we can't Um, see them? Yeah, I'm inclined to think that that the reason why they're spirits to begin with is because they don't know. They they are in a state of confusion. Yeah. Yeah, I've never thought – I've never thought of them as being all-knowing, Yeah, personally. I don't know. Mm. Ugh. All right. Well, James, that was a very interesting and eye-opening description of poltergeist. I'm mm. happy that your poltergeist was a nice one. Thank you. Because you guys, you guys revered and uh, took care of him. So he treated you nicely by giving <laughs> you Pepsis. <laughs> uh, listeners, if you have any ghost or spirit or poltergeist stories that you wouldn't mind us reading on the podcast, please send them to us. Send them to us yeah. at 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com. That is the number one, the number three, thfloorpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can also um, send us anything via Twitter yeah. at 13th Floor Pod. Send it. Or follow us on Instagram uh, at 13th Floor Podcast. We also have a Facebook page, but keep keep in touch with us. If you have any crazy stories, if you've seen an alien, you know, we want to know about that too. Tell us about your alien stories. 
or if you have any topics you want to hear us talk about, send those to us and we'll pick one from the vase. Speaking of vase, Alex. I know, I almost forgot. We need to figure out what episode we're going to talk about next week and... All right. Um, oh, I drew Friendly Aliens sent to us by CCC. <clears throat> That's me. That's you. That's me. That's my topic <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> oh, All right, wow. you guys. Next week, we're going to talk about friendly alien stories. So that should be fun. Okay. I know who I want to talk about. Uh, is this the one that your brother's been requesting? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Valiant Thor. Valiant Thor. I'm interested to hear that because I know nothing about him. I don't know anything about him either. I hope he's got enough topics. But we're going to talk about friendly aliens next time. And Alex, who does our music? Our music is the song Signal by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. Yeah, and he just actually came out with a new song. He did. Yeah, it is. And Signal isn't actually on any of those services, but. Yeah, his new song is called Cactus Air Mattress. <laughs> Go give that a listen, you guys. Um, do you guys have anything you want to add before we get off the podcast? No. I just want to share my thanks for everybody listening to the podcast. All right, you guys. Alex, <laughs> thanks you. I thank you. James, I think I could speak on behalf of James. He thanks you, too. Right, James? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So, it would have been funny if James was just like, oh, God. I, I, I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about saying that. Being contentious. Hmm. Well, listeners, thank you for listening. And we hope you'll tune in again next week when we talk about friendly aliens. But until next time, you guys, we hope that you can keep, keep it, it strange. Deborah, maybe wait forever. Deborah's been dead for years.